0: Hello, it is me ronald and we are back with another episode of the aroma japan podcast i'm joined tonight by my co-host hannah hello so we are here today to discuss the month of july 2022 um we are going to start off with some sad news um During this month, the former prime minister of Japan, Shinzo Abe, was assassinated. This happened on the 8th in Japan, but it was the 7th here in the U.S. It was
1: literally like 10 p.m., wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was. Because I think
1: I was getting ready for bed, and you were just like, oh my god, Hannah. Shinzo Abe just got shot. (laughs) And I was like, what? Is this a joke? What?
0: (laughs) So I remember being on Twitter and, like, breaking news, Japan Times, they were just like, um, former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has collapsed.
1: And I thought it was, like, a sick joke at the beginning. I was in so much shock, because, to be fair, Japan does have a bit of political violence, but, like, Something like this has not happened in decades.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I went down. So the thing is, so I was that like, I was watching, I saw the Twitter announcement. I saw the, not the tweet on Twitter about it. Then like, I went and I watched NHK world because Japan times are saying that he collapsed. And then mm-hmm. Japan and NHK world was saying he collapsed because they were basically, you know, what's really weird is that I very much had a flashback to like three because oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah! It was very yeah. similar the coverage
0: because they were just like, "We are now going to give you a the live NHK feed with a voiceover," which was the same thing that happened on March 11th. So they were just because like it
1: was such breaking news that they were just like things are just evolving as they come. Yeah, like we can't, we cannot speculate on anything, and so we're just going to do a real time feed and we were like okay
0: so at first they were just like he collapsed and then they said um he was not breathing and he's gone into like cardiac arrest or something and then they said he was shot and i knew pretty early they said that he was they said he had no vital signs of life like within like an hour or so of them announcing it, they were just like, oh, he has no vital signs of life. And I was just like, this man is no longer alive.
1: Yeah. I mean, Japanese news tends to be a little bit more on the conservative side in terms of like reporting terrible tragedies, which in a way I get and I respect why they do that. Mm -hmm. Because they want to verify everything first, but there's also just like a politeness aspect, where... And, to be fair, the U.S. news also does this, too, where when you're trying to reach out to the person's loved ones, uh, you try to make sure that they don't hear about anything terrible from the news. You wait until they arrive at the scene. And I think that's actually also one of the things that they were waiting on.
0: So... They were, they said all this. And then like, Fumio Fumio Kishida, the current prime minister, he did a little speech. And then I was just, when they said that he was going to come out and speak, I thought he was going to announce that he had died. And then next thing I know, they cut to just like their regularly scheduled programming on NHK World, which is like gardening shows, which is why I hate NHK World. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was like, I'm going to go to sleep i know that when i wake up in the morning this they're gonna have it announced and sure enough around five east coast time they announced that he had died um so yes he was 67 he was shot by a man with a homing gun and i remember just like seeing the photos of like him on the ground bleeding from the chest after he was shot, it was like it was, it was graphic.
1: Yeah, there were just first off, all right. There was no reason to show everything. Like, yes, somebody took a video as things that want to happen now in the age of social media. But like, also, there was really no reason. To have to show anyone everything. And this is actually something very similar that uh, I thought for not Japan related. But if you remember the mirror tragedy in Hong Kong? That terrible, terrible accident where there was a television that fell on one of the back dancers?
0: Oh, yes.
1: Yeah, and people were just sharing that video and I'm like, you guys do not need to do this. Like,
0: i watched that like a million times. But the thing is, though, is that like, when the thing is, though, is that when that video, um, when people saw like Abe, some people on social media were just like, oh, this is like the new version of the assassination of um, Inejirō Asanuma.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I thought of too, actually. Because... Where I was just like, oh my God. Like if, I can't believe I'm watching this.
0: If you've spent enough time on the internet, you have definitely seen um, the GIF of him being stabbed. It's like it don't was go very-
1: looking for it if you haven't seen it yet. Consider yourself lucky. Just consider yourself lucky. There is no good reason ever to have to go out and search for a snuff video, please. <laughs>
0: Oh, I'm actually looking at it now.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: Well, that's the well. The thing is, though, is that I have already seen this like a million times. So I saw it like on Tumblr like years and years and years ago. But he's this just this is like,
1: why if, people call Tumblr hell. <laughs>
0: like, like, like giving a speech and then like the guy just comes like
1: and stabs like, him, and I'm just like, there is no good reason in 2020 why anyone should have to uh, share this now.
0: It's 2022.
1: Whenever Tumblr was alive.
0: Oh, this was like 2013, uh, uh, 2012. Anyway, anyway, yeah. So um, it's sad that he died. But then, like, I, I didn't like the fact that there were so many people who were, I mean, like, sure, Abe had his. Um, had policies that not everyone agreed with, but like I found it very like in poor taste that people like us uh, uh, celebrating his death.
1: It was very, uh, it was very like when Thatcher died, and there were like actual cities in the UK that were celebrating, right? That's what it reminded me of.
0: Like, I remember on Twitter, someone being just like, if you are a non-Japanese Asian, this should be a happy day for you. Because the person that denied that our grandparents were, were, were genocide, genocided isn't a verb, but, um, genocided, you should be happy, don't be sad. And I was like, mm. Hannah, what are your thoughts as a Korean American?
1: I mean, it's, like I said, it's like when Thatcher died. And there were people actually celebrating with, like, 50% off, you know, your, your drink today, like, ding-dong, the witch is dead kind of thing, where it's kind of like, I wouldn't do that, but I understand where they're coming from. Like, I understand the anger, the pure anger that led to this moment kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So... It's like, I wouldn't do that. I actually also find it in poor taste, but I'm not going to stop someone from celebrating either.
0: And then there was that whole thing with, like, the far-right French politician who thought that Hideo Kojima was the assassin.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) That was so funny. I was like, Kojima? Did you have a hobby that you want to talk to me about
0: <laughs> it was just like oh a japanese guy with glasses oh they're the same person what be
1: the same guy
0: but the thing is though is that well the story so far about why he was assassinated was it involves a cult hannah correct
1: okay so this is actually another thing that pissed me off about the coverage um first off well, there were, there were a lot of things, so let me start from the very beginning. Number one, the coverage in the U.S. was a lot, was very from the perspective of Shinzo Abe as either a geopolitical ally or it was too much on the war crimes denial. And hardly anyone spoke about the actual thing that kicked him out of power. Which was the fact that...
0: IBS?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he wishes it was IBS. Uh, Well, now probably not. But, like, whatever it was. Um, A lot of it was corruption. And, you know, that kind of got swept under the rug. So, I guess, like, good riddance? I don't know. Um, And then the
0: second... You know what's Mm -hmm. funny is that the same day, like the day before he was assassinated, actually the same day here, I guess he was assassinated, was the same day that Boris Johnson um resigned. Oh.
1: And a lot of leftists were celebrating so hard that day.
0: And the funny thing is that both of their scandals involved gardens. (laughs) So like Boris. Or land use,
1: basically. (laughs)
0: Boris Johnson's big scandal was just like, you had a party with your staff members in the, in the, in your office garden during COVID lockdown, we were all locked down and you're over here having a party. And it wasn't one of Shinzo Abe's things, one of his scandals was kind of just like, was it something like buying um, tickets to see like a, the, a cherry blossom festival at a garden? And it was like a way yeah. of getting close yeah. to him.
1: It was because there was a list of attendees to one of his cherry blossom festivals, and like he refused to show the list to show who he was actually very close to. Mm -hmm. Like, first he was like, Oh, we lost the list. Then it was like, No, we didn't lose the list. Somebody destroyed the list. Then somebody committed. I forget if it was because of that or something else that like someone actually committed suicide because like they were forced to do some very terrible things on behalf of that list so yeah just not not very pleasant things
0: <laughs> cuz it but, was the, the cherry blossom viewing and it was like also the school scandal with like
1: yeah the Moritomo Gakuen scandal what was that so essentially it's that they were allowed to purchase land from the government i believe i could be misremembering these things because it's been a while but um essentially they bought it at a price that was suspiciously low and a lot of people were questioning well how could they get it for this price and turns out Abe's wife was actually on the board of Moritomo Gakuen, and it turned into this huge fiasco. Lots of people, lots of finger-pointing, lots of people were angry. Eventually, the combination of these two scandal factors basically forced Abe out of power. Um, that's why he had IBS, which he was like, I need to get treated for this. Goodbye.
0: But we love Akiabe, Ally Queen. What? Yeah, she was part of um, she was part of the um of the Tokyo Pride Parade in 2014. She's been like very big on like helping out the LGBT community.
1: Well, so's Peter Thiel.
0: And there was also that um that photo of her standing in a marijuana field. <laughs> Like, I mean,
1: I'm pretty sure Peter Thiel is also a big supporter of gay rights considering he's in a marriage right now, but that doesn't make him a good ally.
0: Well, Peter Thiel is not an ally. He's a member. But um, but then again, it also reminds me of our um, Pride podcast where one of the parts of the book, um, Regimes of Desire, said that there is effort by the conservative government of Japan to go and kind of like um bring the LGBT community into the general public because it's another population that can be commercialized. Plus like
1: hopefully we get to review uh Thomas's book someday. He says they'll take 10 years. I'm optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, yeah, and we will be able to discuss the very, very long ties that the G in LGBT has with the conservative right in just all of Asia, essentially. Mm. Only the G, not the rest.
0: Mm. Um, But the cult thing. So apparently the killer's mother like pretty much made the family destitute by giving like her life savings to the cult and the guy was essentially a hikomori. So he had no money to live off of because his mother donated all the money to the cult that Abe was connected to.
1: There's that, but there's also just like there's suspicions that he might be part of a rival cult. And this particular cult actually has factions all around the world. So it's not like it's just Japan either. Um, and here's number two of my big, big gripe with how this was getting covered in the news. Asian religion and religions in Asia more broadly are not how we in the West understand them because the we'll understand religion because the way that we understand religion is very, very Christian. And I say Christian and not like Abrahamic, because the way that Jewish people and Muslims, uh, understand religion as a thing is also very different from the Christian perspective. So if you're a Westerner listening to this podcast, how you understand religion is not going to be appropriate for this particular scenario. Right? So it comes out that this dude uh, assassinates Shinzo Abe for not a political reason but possibly a more religious one and then they conveniently decide to ignore the fact that some of the most leading researchers on this topic are all in the united states uh they are all english speakers actually (laughs) like people like professor hardacre over at harvard um I'm forgetting the names of the rest, some of whom I actually follow on Twitter. They're very, very active there, and everyone should read their books. But, like, it was just annoying to see all of these, like, huge experts just get ignored because people couldn't be bothered to do three seconds of research. (laughs) I was just like, I don't understand. Okay, like... Professor Hardacre was a a big miss. I was like, how, how are you NBC or CNN and can't be bothered to do three seconds of research on this topic? Just three Google searches, man.
0: So in the end, we still have no exact clear reason as to why he was assassinated.
1: Um...
0: Just theories, for the most part.
1: But like, no one cares anymore because it was last month.
0: Speaking of which, something else that happened last month was uh, something involving the head of Avex, Max Matsura. And speaking of his,
1: more geopolitical
0: woes, huh? <laughs> and his why not get into it? his new girl group xg so xg is a new girl group under the avex subsidiary xgalx they released their second single the english language mascara on june 29th instead of promoting the song in japan where there have no plans to actually debut they've appeared on several south korean music shows and they also trained in korea um, the performances were met with a lot of excitement from the public due to the group's high levels of singing, dancing, rapping, and visuals. Um, a lot of K-pop fans think that XG can become world famous and compete with groups like Blackpink and Espa. Um, it's interesting, though, that this group was able to appear on Korean terrestrial TV shows because even the ones that were created by Japanese companies, I mean, the the Japanese groups that were created by Korean companies like JL1 and Niju, they have only appeared on cable so far. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the reasons it was said that XG was able to appear on terrestrial TV and not cable was because they sing in English, unlike JL1 and Niju who sing in Japanese and, um, Koreans do not like Japanese words, imagery, whatnot. On it's not
1: that we don't like it; it's that it's illegal.
0: Okay, because like I remember, like years ago, like some people were, some k fans were just like, "Oh, it's not, it's not illegal anymore." And I was like, "Everything is saying it's illegal."
1: No, it's like it's dependent on what the censors are feeling that day, but mostly it's because it's illegal, right? Like Japanese music is actually very popular in Korea. Mm-hmm. Let's not let's not confuse the fire uh, the the broad populace with the actual legality. Like Japanese is still one of the most studied languages in Korea. I think it's now like either second or third, depending on how people feel about Chinese um but yeah it's still like widely studied a lot of people understand it and like people really like Japanese culture but you know depending on how the censors feel like
0: well yeah it's either illegal or in In a lot of cases, though, it is like lingering bad feelings from the colonial period where Japan colonized Korea. But um, Max, who has been doing a lot of live streams recently, um, which people do not like, he made several negative remarks about K-pop. And they were translated into Korean. And this angered Korean netizens. So the live stream has been deleted. Um, He said in the live stream, though, that because XG is all Japanese, it's not like K-pop, but more like American music. He also said he worked with a producer, Simon, a K-pop producer, Simon. But he was just using him. In doing so, he was aiming for overseas expansion of the group. In terms of overseas expansion, he was asked, why should Japan lose to Korea? After all, BOA went to Japan and imitated Japan first. He sees using a Korean producer as a means of not losing. Max previously mentioned in another live stream that he had a hard time selling BOA in Japan. These comments um, upset many Koreans, but also Japanese K-pop fans. Um, they are xg is currently having success due to the rigorous k-pop training system the korean producer simon and the korean music and video production teams max's comments are now mm-hmm. making hard for xg due to lingering anti-japanese sentiment but the irony of all of this is that abex is allegedly up for sale and allegedly there are korean companies looking to buy it
1: well we know who's oh. first on the chalk clock.
0: <laughs> funny thing is that i like i i the funny thing is that i still find it funny that avex let go most of their staff that was over the age of 40 but he's still there even though he stepped down as ceo and then became ceo again um he he needs
1: to have gone years ago I think but. the saddest thing is that okay so a couple of backdrops um usually the rookie girl the rookie group of the year tends to go to a JYP group but this year there are no obvious contenders there's nimans or However, you pronounce it, but they haven't been doing so hot. So, it's very likely that for one of the first times, um, it will not be a JYP a JYP group, but instead it'll be somebody else. And it, like, it may have been a long shot, but XG could have been under consideration, but now they have literally a snowball's chance in hell. Uh, there is no way that they are going to re- reward it to XG of all people, given that Max has said such things.
0: <laughs> so, the main thing is that Max is resentful of K-pop. He's jealous of K-pop. And he, now he's using K-pop to further his own Japanese group. But the irony of all of this is that Max is responsible, in large part, for K-pop.
1: Yeah, like, he created his own so-called, like... It's very much... I wouldn't even consider it like he created his own enemy. It's more like he she's being outdone by his successor
0: it's like the uk and um, the us
1: yeah well no, no it's like a it's like a teacher being uh, outdone
0: by the student the yeah. student outdoing the teacher
1: yeah and the teacher's very bitter about this like that is how i see max right now
0: because he because the thing is though is that Max Max is a very important figure in the Japanese music, the Japanese music industry's history. Like there are a lot of trends that Max um spearheaded and K-pop is one of them.
1: Well, the other thing is also like he he was one of the early investors in SM. Um well yes, his company that right. And so, like, in a very real sense, he invested in the very thing he's jealous about right now. Which, to me, is, like, super hilarious. But also, I'm pretty sure he doesn't find it that funny.
0: <laughs> because, like... Someone is being...
1: very butthurt.
0: <laughs> SM, which is um, how Boa came over, mm-hmm. and then Donbang Shinki came over and then he says like there, Korea sent BoA over to Japan
1: like it wasn't one of the stipulations when they <laughs> when they invested in SM laws
0: and then and then when there was the whole um breakup of Donbang Shinki and SM was just like oh you guys want JYJ to continue we will not work with you and send our other groups. And this mm-hmm. was right around this time where it was expanding. So that is why um I think it's just girls' generation that was the only one that was not under Avex because yeah. after they after girls' generation took off and was like monstrous, like Avex pretty much was just like, okay, we're gonna kill off JYJ mm-hmm. And then' getting shiny.
1: I mean Shiny the, did well but they were no they were no girls generation
0: But in the meantime he was kind of just like oh we will go and make a deal with YG and they brought over Big Bang we were
1: mm-hmm. They, they had, really pushed Big Bang that didn't work
0: But the real flops were to anyone like that yeah And the thing is though is that um
1: let it, it still, be let it be known Ronald and I are huge fans of 2 one For those listening. Wait, you're not? Okay. I am a big fan of 2 one I don't. And
0: work. you don't? No, I okay. never have.
1: All right. The thing
0: All is, right. though, that, is that, is that um, watching, but 2 one is important to look at in terms of Japan because it proves that um, that whole, like, bad girl whatever concept it is they go for will girl never crush? sell in japan it's not girl crush it is it is but then it isn't because like basically like their version of it will never sell in japan which is why when black pink went to japan i was just like what are they what why there's no reason and their albums do what forty thousand total in japan
1: when you compare it to like a 17 or something totally different
0: it's like, what's the point? Like, compared to like a seventeen, or like even like in hyphen, it's like, yeah. Why are you sending? Why are you sending them?
1: Whereas, like, if you look at like twice, oh my god!
0: Like the only Korean girl group to ever do not ever, but the only Korean girl group to do something in this new wave in Japan has been twice, and I think a large part of that is because of fact like, they actually have Japanese members.
1: Like, Japanese members definitely helped them get onto Kohaku. But I wouldn't consider them instrumental in their success. Just like the maintaining of that success, the three definitely helped.
0: Does um, Twice have been going for Kohaku still?
1: No. It's now, it's now Niju.
0: Yeah. So there are like basically no, like prominent K-pop girl groups in Japan. Meanwhile, this year we've had BTS In hyphen N and Seventeen all get number one albums. Well, Twice got a number one album, didn't they? But it like wasn't like it didn't sell that much in comparison to the men.
1: It didn't sell that much in comparison to the men, and if you look at Twice's height. Okay, I am a very, very big once. I went both times as VIP, and I would say right now, twice is nowhere near what they used to be, because I think they've kind of, like, passed that torch down to Niju. You. If you get my drifts,
0: I can see that. I mean, I said, I mean, when Niju debuted, I was like, oh, so Twice is like pretty much done in Japan.
1: Yeah, like, I don't think you are going to focus too much on that, like, TT image. I think that is going to now be Niju's responsibility.
0: But even Niju's falling off.
1: Yeah, that's going to be difficult.
0: Like, they still, like, they still get, like, number one singles, but, like, they don't have the, like,
1: the TikTok virality virality of, like, make you happy. It's not make you happy anymore.
0: Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Max's whole thing about we're losing the K-pop, I don't I, I, the thing is though, is that I do wonder how many companies actually really care about that now. I feel like a music lot of com-
1: companies or in general,
0: I feel like there are certain companies that have certain kinds of acts that care, but I don't think like a lot of acts care or a lot of companies care because it's kind of just like, well, we don't make the same kind of music.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's kind of like a Max cares because he makes like we were both talking about the new Blackpink single. Uh, We're recording this on August 20th. So the Blackpink single came out, what, two days, one day ago? And yeah, and it was really funny because one of our friends, Glitch, was like, wait, like somebody actually just pointed out oh, look, it literally sounds like a Kodakumi song.
0: Oh, yeah, that was actually, you know what, that was me, because, like, one of my oomphs, like, said, oh, this sounds like a Kodakumi song. This sounds like it could have been on the heart.
1: Yeah, exactly. And what label is Kodakumi on?
0: Yeah, AVEX.
1: Exactly, so they would care but who else really cares everybody else has moved on to a different style of music
0: yeah because the thing is though is that avex basically was the company that invented girl crush as we know it it was uh
1: yeah that was garu and the thing is japan has kind of moved on from that style
0: because like garu was like pretty much like Namie was the musical embodiment of that movement. And then it became yeah. and then Koo came in too. And it was just like it was like Avex was the soundtrack to Garu. Between like that, between like the between like the the divas and between like the Eurobeat music, they were the soundtrack for Garu. And then like that sound that movement pretty much died. Um the yep, last
1: and Japan said they don't like that sound anymore. Like, that Japan- is what the failure of 2NE1, of like black pink even is telling us. Japan just doesn't like that sound anymore. They used to.
0: The thing is, though, is that Garu basically died, and like the last like true Garu artist was Nishino. V-
1: and and he- she's currently
0: even Ashinokana pivoted. Even the Shinokana completely pivoted because um because, like,
1: was not Garu. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like to, like Aitakute, Aitakute, totally different. Like total it was the same demographic, but like sonically, and like you could tell that like like that, like the guy like the last generation of Garu and like Kana herself, which she is part of that generation, that they There was a vibe shift.
1: Yeah. There's your real vibe shift, Ronald. That is the real vibe shift.
0: (laughs) Hana's two biggest songs, arguably, in her early era, the Garu era, uh, Aitakute, Aitakute, and then, in the later era, Torisetsu. Two totally different songs, but it really is like a vibe shift. I mean, like, girl crush literally just like went. i mean like garu basically went to korea and is now called girl crush and that is basically what most of the k-pop girl groups are doing now like and the only one that had any success with that in japan as of late was twice and then twice got replaced by niju because they're both jyp acts
1: yep and twice the group themselves has literally said well You know what? We're kind of done with this now, too. We're just going to do whatever we want.
0: But the thing is, though, is that... I do wonder, though, why does XG not even try in Japan?
1: So, technically, I wanted to bring this up in a later segment. But because it fits so perfectly right now, I am... I'm going to bring this up now. So Japan has kind of changed from from being a creator of content to being like the export market of choice. Mm -hmm. So the reason why I bring this up is that last month, There was a very, very huge, like widely anticipated announcement, which I actually originally thought was impossible. Um, Turns out, you know, if you believe strong enough, anything really can happen. Uh, Solo Leveling, which is one of the largest Korean webtoon series, is actually getting an adaptation. Originally, I thought, first I thought it was impossible. Then Tower of God got announced and I was like, okay, maybe Naver can make this happen. Um, because Line is huge in Japan. So I was like, okay, so that just means, like, solo leveling is just never going to happen, because solo leveling is on Kakao page, not on Naver. Ergo, like, I guess this is an impossibility, but I'll just take Tower of God, because even though that anime and that series is particularly terrible, like, there are other good Webtoon series. Webtoon as in the company Webtoon, series that they can probably use, and I'll be happy with that. And then last month, I got proven completely wrong uh, because the solo leveling announcement, I guess, like, Animplex really kept it very, very well under wraps, uh, got announced, and everybody collectively decided to lose their shit in a very, very good sense, right? And what I noticed is that now all of these companies are just, like, we are gonna make it big in Japan, Japan, right? We are going to like consolidate our domestic market, domestic usually meaning Korea or China, like consolidate our power there, get really, really popular and then get exported to Japan. And if we succeed in Japan, we've really made it. Like that is now the mindset. And I feel like XG is just kind of following that pattern now. Which is pretty cool. But also, it's kind of like, oh, did Japan just replace the United States as, like, the export market of choice now then?
0: Well, the thing is, though, is that it's probably easier to, like, it's, well, let's just be real. Like, it's easier for an Asian to have success in Japan than it is for them to have it in the U.S.
1: Yeah, but I'm also talking about, like, things that aren't, uh,
0: Racist?
1: No, no, things that aren't tied to actual physical human beings. Solo leveling is a comic, right? The other reason why I'm bringing this up is that uh, Pash magazine, which is a fairly, like, it's a decent-sized magazine, mostly aimed towards uh, girls and women, and, you know, has a sizable reading, like, circulation in Japan. They, for their six-month, half-year cover for 2022, actually chose a Chinese BL series uh, that in English is called Grandmaster of Cultivation. And I was like, wow, like, Japan is really now the export market of choice. There is a sizable Western audience for both of these things. But they chose to go with a Japanese um animation studio for both of them and i'm like whoa is it just because like they were just like oh we wanna we wanna make it big in japan and like the u.s is just a bonus kind of thing so i think that's what xg is also doing that if they succeed in korea they can then be re-imported as a cool thing like we also succeeded in Korea too.
0: Well, my thing, the thing that I see, the thing I question about the whole XG thing is it seems like Avex can't do anything on their own now. Like they have no power. They literally have to go to Korea and then come back into into Japan through Korea instead of just like going and just like saying, "Hey, we have a new group. Here they are, a music station, like Johnny's does.
1: With the exception, so the the issue I have with viewing it that way is that with the exception of Johnny's, um, no other pop group act in the past, say, like, three, four years has managed to make it in Japan.
0: Mm. Pop group. Yep. I mean, like I guess the closest we would have before would have been like LDH, but that's like looking like a decade ago now. Yeah. Actually, no. And then. Well, I, I guess I can't count Niju to anyone, and I and I, not Edie, I and I, because those are all Korean.
1: Yeah, they're they're Korean associated. You can't even count B first because the premise of B first was k-pop but in japan
0: <laughs> but the thing is though is that b first could count because they are not part of a curve they're not being funded by a korean company i guess it's just like purely avax so it's you know a
1: Variety show using the korean template
0: yes but it's not well the same thing can be said about like produce being an akb so what is it called so thank you. So thank you, uh, format.
1: And people did say that at the beginning.
0: Yeah. So the thing is though, is that like, I would say be first, be first is the last like non Korean pop act group, group act to like have success be first. But yeah. before be-
1: and their entire spiel was why go to Korea when you can make the same type of act here? So, like, that rivalry thing is still very, very alive and well there.
0: So, okay, so who would you say besides... Well, the thing is, though, too, another part of it, I think, too, is that in Japan, pop music has no place. Like I don't the, think like so. The...
1: Snowman is doing well. Like, all of these K-pop groups say. are doing well.
0: What I was going to say was that, like, what people think typically think of as, like, pop music... It really has no place in Japan besides K pop and Johnny's.
1: Yeah, and the occasional like girl group idol. Girl idol group, right? So, like, my point is, I understand why AVEX has to do this because otherwise they really can't succeed. It's super tough now. Look at all the new LDH groups, they're literally flopping left and right.
0: True. I mean, like, well, that's because they just released too many groups. Like, do you really need psychic fever and the rampage and fantastics? They all like after generations, it just becomes a blur.
1: I mean, that's also true, but like at the same time, they're doing that because none of them are gaining traction. Like, that is that is how a company with Acts that literally don't gain traction do. They just release more and more in hopes that one of them will succeed.
0: Well, you can't keep doing that forever.
1: Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. So long as you have the funding, you definitely can.
0: Ugh. To think that Snowman's paying for all of that.
1: You're just bitter because that is your money that is being lost, you snowman fan.
0: A sunotan?
1: Is that what they're called?
0: A sunotan.
1: Oh, I see.
0: But this is our perfect segue into one of our most popular segments. Anna, of what's course. it
1: called? Ronald Hellhole.
0: Uh it's called Johnny's Corner. Um
1: yeah, Ronald Hellhole.
0: So Hannah, Ronald Hellhole does not work like Hannah's Hell Hole because it's like Triple H, Hannah's Hell Hole, the alliteration. It's just not there with Ronald Hellhole.
1: Ronald's special project.
0: <laughs> Oh oh my God. I think, I think that that was something that came out in July. I think an open post in July sometime, one of the readers was just like, why do we talk about these acts? Like, why do we talk about like Mukai Taichi and Fuji Kaze and, and, and they were like all oh, of Ronald's special projects. And I'm like, Ronald's special projects, there have been many over the years, even before the, even before this site, like ugh, Sakanakshin, Ame no Parade, Mukai Taichi,
1: Koshino so Gen,
0: no Campanella. Gen. No campanella. Um, I mean,
1: in fairness, in fairness, you do have good taste, but it's also fun to make fun of you.
0: <laughs> Jikaze. Um I just remember like I was like, what do all these things have in common? And someone in a group chat was just like, they're all male and good looking.
1: Wait, so like that is Campanella?
0: Not, except for Suyobino Campanella. That was like the Sock one. Sakan action? Sakan action is
1: that good was- looking. This is this is really big news to me. I called Hoshino Gen good looking, and you made fun of me.
0: No, I made fun of you for calling um yunazu Kinchi, attractive yeah but gen. i
1: also said hoshino gen is good-looking and you were just like that miso face is not that good-looking
0: i said gen is cute
1: you said he's cute not good-looking
0: good-looking and cute are the same thing to me
1: and you made fun of me for this
0: so No, <laughs> I only recall I only recall Ynezu Kenchi because Inezu Kenshi is the only man I've ever heard you go up for. And I was just like, "Ooh, what?
1: I would say Hoshino Gen is also good looking.
0: This is news to me. But anyway, we need to get to our destination, which is Johnny's Corner. So. Um, on July 12th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Travis, Japan made their debut on nbc's america's got talent it is the first time that a johnny and associates has appear on an american tv show since shonen tai appeared on the merv griffith show in 1984. so a long time ago yeah yeah it's been 30 38 years since johnny's were on american tv which goes back to show the thing I always say about Japan is that Japan was just 30 years too early with stuff.
1: And also, honestly, it just didn't catch on. Like, the only thing that really caught on in that time was,
0: like,
1: X japan also did catch on, but I would say, like, it kind of shows Japan's forte at least in the from the perspective of the United States has always been bands,
0: not, yeah. not pop acts. And yeah. every time I mention anytime I mention anything related to Sakamoto, you have to bring up Oyushiki. Oh,
1: I mean, like, it's true, they were popular. Going not Yellow Magic Orchestra popular, but certainly like popular enough.
0: Going back, um, so basically Travis Japan got on the show because a representative of the show heard the buzz surrounding their performance at Orange County, or the Orange County 2022 portion of the World of Dance Championship in March, which they they did that competition like a day or two after they landed in LA. And then they filmed their segment the month after. And... Um, they went on, they were the first act to be on the show that night. And I turned it on and I was just like, Oh, there's Travis Japan. Um, so they performed my dreamy Hollywood, which is the Japanese, which is the English version of their first original song, Umino Hollywood. Um, so the performance, the choreography and the costume choice were all handled by Travis Japan themselves. And, um, this was driven by the excitement of them showing themselves to millions of Americans who have never heard of them before. So the judges were all very excited by the group, by like their personalities, their dancing ability, their singing ability, the visuals. Um, it's funny because like the judges were, um, very just like wowed by all of this it was kind of just like oh you guys have like these glittery jackets and you guys are dancing and doing clips and you guys are funny and like and the thing is though is that as people who consume japanese entertainment we look at it as just like oh this is just johnny's
1: yeah now, it's so passe
0: but now oh. john johnny's is being introduced to america and i remember there was someone that retweeted the video of um their performance it was just like this is like america watching sh- watching shonen club and i was like it is like america watching shonen club interesting but yeah they did great and they are through to the next round and they will be on the next round. Their, episode, their next episode of America's Got Talent airs sometime next month. Like, in oh, the very...
1: how Ronald has changed. In the past, in the past, when I showed Ronald something with glitter and something that cheesy in terms of, like, like, costumes, he'd just be like, "Oh, idol stuff. But now he's cheering for them! This is a character arc, people. The Shut power up. of a powerful frontline group. Amazing.
0: Oh my god. Why they did great. And Am
1: I, I wrong?
0: Anyway, I, <laughs> I told the readers. After I post the episode, their performance of them on America's Got Talent, I would have something extra special. And that would be my interview with Travis Japan. So
1: go read it, go read it if you haven't read it,
0: go read it if you haven't read it. So, um. I initially was not going to be in the U.S. during the time of Anime Expo. I was supposed to be in Ghana, but visa issues. Um, So I was able to make it out to L.A. on such short notice after my visa issue for my Ghana trip. So, (laughs) excuse me. So we did a video call. So I sat down with Travis Japan after they performed at Anime Expo. And I was like, what was your reaction when you found out you were coming to America? And Kaito Matsukura said, great excitement. We were really looking forward to it, but also a bit of nerves. It was the first time we'd ever been able to do something like this. First experiences are always scary, but we're glad to take, able to take voice and dance lessons from top level teachers. We are developing our skills and we hope we are developing into global artists um what surprised you guys the most when you came here and Shisuya yoshizawa said americans are very big on greeting people they don't know oh are, that
1: is true i guess so we are known to be a friendly like a very very friendly country mm-hmm. so
0: i could see that
1: yeah especially for somebody who's only been in cuz they've never left Japan before that, right?
0: I don't know if I don't know their vacation itinerary, but
1: No, like working, working wise. They've no. never worked outside of Japan. So yeah. Yeah, I think for somebody whose first encounter is the United States, it's just so different. Like our sense of, of personal space when it comes to like working relationships is very, is very different from a Japanese person.
0: I asked, oh, you have now performed in front of American audiences multiple times. What is the biggest difference between a Japanese audience and an American one? And Kaito Matsukoro said, The performances in Japan are more in line with Japan's viewing culture, where we perform and the audience watches. Americans are much more interactive. When Nooru Kawashima does backflips on stage, there's a bigger reaction like, Oh my God, wow! People in the audience are dancing along too. It's a very different energy that is surprising to us.
1: How long have they been around?
0: Travis Japan, how long have they been around? They've been around for a couple of years as juniors. One sec. I'm checking. The current
1: formation is from November. So, as a junior unit, they were formed in 2012. Yes. And the current lineup is from 2017. The reason why I ask is because I was just talking to a couple of friends when I went to a talk-a-thon, which is which I'll discuss in the August episode. Um, but I realized there is an entire lineup of idol groups, Travis Japan included, where a lot of their formative work has been in the very, very quiet uh audiences of the COVID era. Like... There's no cheering allowed now. So that's why, like, his comment about, like, Japanese audiences are just, like, it's Japanese viewing culture where, like, they don't cheer as much and stuff like that. And I'm just like, wait a second. Like, part of that is definitely because the cheering cultures are different. But part of that could also be because, you know, they had to perform in, like, very, very quiet
0: crowds well people always well that's like a standard um answer that a lot of people give about the differences between the two
1: i wouldn't say the the cheering is one that i hear often though the dancing maybe but like the cheering i don't hear as often
0: (laughs) Speaking of dancing, I asked them, Dancing is a, a very big part of your identity. You even have a YouTube channel, Plus81 Dance Studio, devoted to you dancing to classic Johnny's songs. How did this come about, and what is your favorite video? And then Kaito Miyachika said, Johnny's has a long history of many, many good songs. These songs are under the unofficial banner of Johnny's Classics. These are songs that various groups perform over the ages. The idea of the YouTube channel came about as a means of reinterpreting these songs for a new generation through dance. Mm. Also be able to show not only our own dance talent, but also the talent of various choreographers from throughout Japan who may be inspired by these songs as well. So So when are we
1: going to get these songs on streaming? Hannah. Hey.
0: So his his favorite is um smaps shake the video they did for that really Um, yes um and he said that he was also he also likes this video a lot because it was um choreographed by my personal favorite member of king and prince kaito takahashi And he said, working with a senpai we respect, but especially one who was such a great dancer was a special treat for us. It was also the first video we shot in 2022. Uh So this is very big for them. And this was a great way to kick it off. Uh, Shizuya Shizuya Yoshizawa said, V6 is Honeybeat. Um, They shot Uh it outside in LA, Las Vegas, the desert outside of Las Vegas. And it was the first video they shot for the channel in the US ah so I have a lot
1: of special memories
0: huh yeah i asked them about the natalie article that came out that we covered the last episode or was it it was either may or june we covered that um mm-hmm. where there was a discussion about choreography and j-pop ah and, yeah, yeah, yeah and travis japan was brought up in it and the thinking was was that their dancing is so good because they've been training since childhood and they have been on stage for years, even though they have not officially debuted. So what did they think of this article? And they actually did read the article. They were aware of the article. Uh, Kaito uh-huh. Nakamura said, we saw the article and it was touching to be praised by such big names in the world of dance that we as dancers look up to. As much uh-huh. as we respect what they say, we are constantly pushing ourselves to improve what they say really lit a fire under us as we work here of top level choreographers to improve our skills. We want to use this American experience to take us to the next level. And then Noaru Kawashima said he agreed. Um, mm-hmm. He liked being praised by such big names. Um, dancers like them have their own style and we as Travis Japan would like to have our own style as well. That's what yeah. they're going to focus on. Um I asked what it was like to follow in the footsteps of their Dai Senpai groups, Johnny's and Shonen Tai. Your uh, favorite,
1: a, of course.
0: My favorite, one of my favorite Johnny's groups is Shonen Tai. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> OG
1: was, Ronald special projects.
0: How is OG. Shonen... How is Shonen Tai a special project for me?
1: As in like... Your special the, projects are the, always the acts that you really, really like, right? So, like, this the, is the sh- this is the the proto the proto Ronald special projects. Let's let's call it that way.
0: A special project, me promoting the legacy of Shonen Tai. Yes. Okay, I can see that. Um. So Johnny's, for those who do not know, Johnny's, they came, I think we discussed this before in the podcast. The original Johnny's group, Johnny's, they came over in the 60s. They actually ended up recording an English album and they didn't release it. Um one of the songs they, they released.
1: Japan and said,
0: one of the songs that they recorded for the album, they actually ended up not releasing it and someone else re-recorded the song and the song actually hit number one in 1968, I believe, in the U.S. um and part then- of the
1: Johnny's Theater Show if you are inclined to watch it.
0: Yes. And then Shonen Tai, they came over for a training period in the 80s. So, hmm it seems like there was a gap there 60s 80s and now 20s so where was our 2000s Every 20 johnny
1: years <laughs> kind of
0: 20 years except for except for the time that was the peak of the industry
1: yeah because they were they were arashi then they didn't need to to come to the us then
0: well, the thing is, though, is that it probably should have been like "Hey, say jump" or like "Kiss my foot too," because so it would have been a junior's group. or it could have um, been Katu. It, it could have been Katoon that came, but no, didn't happen anyway. Um, I asked them what was it like to carry on this specific legacy, and Noaru Kawashima said. The history of Johnny and Associates is so important to us and we want to build on that. Our American experience is different to Johnny's and Shonantai's because we personally propose this idea to build our identity and skills. On one mm-hmm. hand, we do recognize that we are doing what we are doing has been done before, but on the other, we come at it on our own accord. We are grateful for everything that Johnny Kitagawa and the company have done for us. And we hope to continue to build that legacy, build on that legacy. And we also want to stand upon that legacy to raise up our flag As a globally recognized group. And I asked them, continuing from that in 1984, Shannon Tai appeared on the Merv Griffith show. You are now set to appear on America's App Talent. What was this experience of being on American TV like for you? And Noiru also said, We've been on, it's a great honor. We've been on TV a lot in Japan, but to be on an American TV show, a show that is seen around the world, despite barely being able to speak English, to perform and showcase themselves to the world. It feels very sink or swim. It's completely different to any other TV show they've been on. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. American and, TV shows really are different.
0: And then what do they hope to do in the future? So um, for Yuya Shimikake, he said, in the long term, we want to be able to do concerts around the world. We want to be able to showcase our talents to people around the world. And then Kaito Miyachika said, and also he replied too, in the short term, we want people to be able to see our individual personalities. We want to be loved and admired by people, by many people. Developing our English ability is part of that. That way, we will be able to better communicate with people, with many different people. But in the near future, they will be competing in the World of Dance Championship in Orange County in August, which actually happened a couple of days ago. And we will talk about that next month. Um, but yeah, that was my Travel Japan interview.
1: It's so interesting because I know these answers are like somewhat. I don't want to call them like stock answers, but they're very expected. Right. But at the same time, it's still pretty cool.
0: You can
1: yeah. You feel the training. But-
0: But I also think, um, I do also want to say that they are still juniors. They have not officially debuted. So, as Stone said when I interviewed them a couple of months ago, it is very different being a junior and being a debuted act. So, maybe won't sound so stuck, as you say, once they actually are a debuted act.
1: And I think it's probably also the nervousness because there's always a chance that the company doesn't debut them. I mean, it's unlikely and I hope it doesn't happen, but that could happen. So they're probably a little bit more conservative on how they answer things as a result.
0: Yeah. But I just also think too, like sometimes I have been surprised by the answers when like, I remember like during the King and Prince interview I think it was Kaito who said, "Um, why do we have to be either this or that? Why can't we just be everything? In response, like saying, oh, you guys are leaving your cute songs behind and doing hip hop. And he's like, why can't we just do everything?
1: And honestly, that is a, that's a great answer. As somebody who enjoys both, unlike Ronald, I enjoy
0: cute songs. I like some of Johnny's cute songs.
1: The word like here, listener, is doing a lot of heavy lifting.
0: Um, there's one there's one King and Prince song that I like that you were just like, oh my god, I was subjected to the song and I actually like it. I was like, what song? And you were like, Koi Wazurai. Yep. I was like, I love Koi Wazurai.
1: And it's so funny because it's a style of song that like Ronald absolutely hates. Usually, usually.
0: So continuing down (laughs) Johnny's Corner, we have have the Johnny's, the face of Johnny's for the first half of 2022. So Model Press had a poll where they asked readers who is the face of the company for the first half of 2022. Number one is not a surprise. It is Sunsuke Michiera from Naniwa He was described as having a princely feel, yet humble and sincere of a beautiful face. He can be seen in dramas, movies, and magazines outside of his group. Number two is Hokuto Matsumura from Stones, hard worker who was a big success in music, movies, dramas, radio, commercials. And I messed this up in radio again, just realized that. <laughs> this is the one that front of the show, Tim, said, Um, He's like, Hokuto's so handsome, but he's almost like too conventionally handsome like an actor to actually be a Johnny's. Is he just
1: calling Johnny's ugly?
0: No, he's not calling them ugly, but he's saying like some people look like a Johnny. But he's saying like, Hokuto is very handsome but in a different way than Johnny's are.
1: Oh, like your stereotypical Johnny's.
0: Yes. Like he looks, he said that he's handsome, like like an actor, not like a Johnny. And then number three is Fuma Kikuchi from Sexy Zone, a cool intellectual who's active in music theater, variety hosting, and YouTube. Rounding out the top 10, number four, Ren Nagase from King and Prince. Number five, Yosuke Yamada from Heisei Jump. Number six, your favorite, Kazunari Ninomiya from Arashi. Yay!
1: Number
0: seven, Kazuya Ohashi from Naniwa Danshi. Number eight, Hikaru Iwamoto from Snowman. Number nine, Kento Nakajima from Sexy Zone. and Number 10, Tashika Masuda from News. So those are the faces of the company currently. And it is nice that, like, these are, like, mostly newer faces. Like, number one debuted last year. Number two debuted in 2020. Um, Number three debuted 11 years ago. But, yeah, there's, like, a number of people in here who have debuted, like, this decade. So this decade's debuts are one, two, three, four... More people have debuted this decade and looked at the top 10.
1: That's pretty strong. I mean, granted, it's a model press thing. It's not completely scientific, but it's a good
0: showing. I mean, they could like be like some people would typically think of model press and be like, oh my god, Kimototaku, number one still. So the next part of Johnny's is COVID is still a thing. For those who do not know, COVID is still a thing, and Japan is currently battling its seventh wave. So, is it in- still a
1: state of emergency? I forget.
0: Uh, it's not a state of emergency. They have been a state of em- they have not had a state of emergency. I think since last summer, so it's been a year. But like they are on their
1: amazing.
0: Um, in light of this, Johnny and Associates has released a statement. So basically, what is happening is that the groups are just going to continue with activities, even if there are members that are missing, excuse me.
1: Yeah, and you kind of have to, like, just given everything.
0: Because it's just like, because they're just like, especially like with touring, because like there are so, they've canceled 30 concerts so far. And it's very hard to reschedule those concerts. So they're kind of just like, why are we not having a concert? Because one person is not there out of like the nine people. Finally, so, a so they're,
1: sensible policy.
0: You're just going to continue with the thing. But if your Oshi oh, is not at the concert, you are entitled to a refund.
1: What? <laughs> Wait, is that actually a thing?
0: The company will tell fans in advance that certain members will not be appearing at certain concerts if this happens fans are able to receive a refund oh
1: that's actually really smart
0: um because something similar happened this month because um in july i mean because uh hikaru iwamoto and daisuke sakuma from snowman they both tested positive as Like, literally, the week before they did all the promo for Orange Kiss, they both got COVID.
1: I remember that was a terrible week.
0: And I was just like, no, this is Hikaru's moment. I was like, his movie is coming out this week. His song. Can you
1: tell that our group chat listener is very (laughs) pro-Hikaru? Hikaru
0: his movie
1: is clearly the favorite.
0: <laughs> His movie was coming out. The theme song for the movie was coming out, where he like is like the center and like he is like has the most lines, like, and now no promo. So the thing is though, is I was just like, what are they gonna do? Are they just like not going to perform on TV? Are they just like, what's gonna happen? And they were just like, We are gonna perform. We are just going to um We are just going to um, have other members sing those lines. Mm. So something funny actually happened on CDTV when they were doing that because they had um, Shota Watanabe. He covered one of Daisuke's lines and he like forgot the word. And just, he was just like, he just said like, la, 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 la. And just like, people were like, what was that?
1: oh
0: my gosh what was that and then like everyone started like like everyone is like performing and they're like looking up at him and like laughing and then like when they had the promo event for the um like the youtube live for the um the youtube live event for the release of the single um raul got a card and like showed him like the words so he didn't Mm -hmm. forget But what's funny is that him, like, singing, like, la, 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 actually got a million views on YouTube.
1: Oh, no.
0: No, not, actually, no, not YouTube. Not YouTube, Twitter.
1: Oh, no. That must have been super embarrassing.
0: So that Twitter video has a million views. I'm just like. That's embarrassing, but also funny.
1: That is really funny, but, like, I also feel kind of bad for him. (laughs) That must have been kind of mortifying.
0: So, yes. And then we come to the former Johnny Corner. So, on June 29th, this story came out in July... But it happened in June, so um, this is why we're talking about it now. So on June 29th, former CATU member Koki Tanaka was arrested for a third time for suspected drug possession. He was arrested for being in possession of stimulants, which he admitted to. He admitted to the police that are arresting him they were for his own use. So it's not as if like if it was, if that wasn't bad enough. Um, he was arrested for this nine days after he received a suspended sentence of three years for his previous drug arrest. So some people are just like, oh my God, he's a loser. Like, why can't he just like get over it? And other people are just like, this man is obviously sick. And instead everyone is just saying he's like a loser, which opens us up to Japan and drugs and the question of addiction. Hannah, what are your thoughts?
1: I mean, okay. So Japan has been getting better about mental health and like things like addiction But this is kind of like, I remember I was talking to, I don't remember, was it talking or just like reading a story about the differences in Asian perspectives to like intelligence versus Western perspectives? The Western perspective is very like, oh, you're either born with it or you don't have it. Right. When it comes to intelligence and the Asian perspective is you just didn't work hard enough. Both the the truth lies somewhere in between. But the reason why I bring it up is because this is also very similar to like how some people view addiction and how other people view addiction. Like for some people, they're just like, just get over it. Like, why can't you just, you know, just stop? stop taking drugs right and this view is a little bit more prevalent in Asia I would say than it is in the US or like other parts of the West mm-hmm. Japan is slowly understanding the nature of addiction
0: but, but I think that here that I will say that like the in the us at least the idea of drug addiction um is very racialized
1: yeah it is
0: and and the perception that it's an illness did not really become a thing here until the opiate crisis which we are currently in which is mainly Mm -hmm. white people because back in the 80s when black and brown people were doing a lot of crack the crack epidemic in the late 80s early 90s It was just like, oh, it's a crime. They're criminals. So, like, the compassion that we are currently seeing was not there earlier. So that is, it is a change in the U.S., but also it's a change I kind of, like, side-eye.
1: You can side-eye it, but at the end of the day, like, addiction is a very real illness. So I think it's just one of those things where Japan is not... Isn't quite all there for yet. Who knows? Maybe maybe in a decade or two will change, but no clue yet.
0: Mm. Um so there was something that came out in July that was like that was very um how do I describe it? People had mixed feelings about it. And that was the return of Ayumi Hamasaki and her new summer single, Summer Again. So it is what you expect. It's what you expect from Ayu. Um... It's like a dance song. It's very... It's her doing summery things, and it is... I don't know how to describe it. It's just like... like I didn't like the song. I thought it was like kind of horny. I thought it was just like, oh... We're doing this, I guess. but some people really liked it. some a lot of people really hated it and said it was corny. it was dated um, that like it looked like a video like the music video looked like something that you would see from like a Rupaul's drag race contestant. Mm-hmm. It was just and then the funny thing is that she was on Twitter, not Twitter, she posted her Instagram story that um she was like oh the avex staff is like working so hard on on my new um video and editing it and like literally it's like some guy in the lounge at avex just um editing the video on like a macbook and it was just like is this what it's come to? Is this what she where she's at right now? I mean, yes, it is clearly where she's at, but oh, uh, it's kind of just like she has all these like great summer songs she's known for. And then it's just, oh. This is what she's doing now.
1: It's it's one of those things where I want to say... Okay, so I remember when Kota Kumi was doing her... Her McDonald's promo. You were like, this woman is such a flop. And Tim was like, that's not true. Uh, she's still really popular. But the reason why Kumi is really popular is, A, she works really well with staff, but B, she's also very, like, I think she's on TV a lot and stuff. And being on TV helps you get remembered, right? Ayumi Hamasaki is not a fan of having to be on TV, like, ever. She never was, and she probably never will be. So it's just kind of like,
0: well, I find it you're, hard to believe being on TV. Yeah.
1: Cause like she had that, uh, wasn't there that moment where like she randomly canceled after,
0: after like, she would re- not be the closing person on the music stations. I think it's like their 25th anniversary episode.
1: Yeah. And it turned out that
0: like
1: AKB would be it. And she got really mad.
0: Yeah. But most people were just like, oh, it's so cheap, it's so tacky, it's so trashy, please stop doing it. Some of the other people were just like, I love that she's still going. But um one of my personal favorite um reviews of Summer Again was courtesy of front of the Show, Patrick samichelle Michelle. Did you read what he wrote about it in his newsletter, Hannah?
1: So, oh, what do you say?
0: This is it. There's something exhausted about Summer Again, probably embedded right there in the title. Wait,
1: I think I remember this. Yes. I'll
0: continue. I screamed when I read this. Ayumi Yamasaki plays the role of Garu Sifis. <laughs> pushing the boulder up Shibuya 109 in an effort to to bring those halakhan days of the early 20th century back, but always feeling slightly off from the actual trends of the day. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Her quest to find some summer salvation stands out in 2022, just because it is so at odds with everything happening real time. She can't even dip into irony already taken. And then so the irony that she was supposed to be dipping into was um that Queendom video that Avex released? Uh huh. Um. So that was like the thing that she can't even dip into. <laughs> and then he continued: Hamasaki has yet to see her moment of reevaluation, like what Nami Amuro got when got ahead of her retirement, largely because she continues to zoom ahead backed by the big tent sounds of a different era. Summer has arrived for Hamasaki. That's just another time to try her... P- to- Summer has arrived for Hamasaki. That's just another time to f- try to find her place in the modern world.
1: She really does feel like a time traveler. It's funny that you mention Queendom because Queendom... Because uh, you're talking about the big like... The big like Chiki Chiki Bon Bon song, right? Yeah, that. Yeah, and that was part of like an anime TV show where like a Chinese strategy stri- mm, tactician, like travels in time to modern day Shibuya, right? And it's just so funny that he mentions Queendom because I'm like, yeah, Ayumi Hamasaki does feel like a time traveler. (laughs) Like, she's just permanently stuck in this one era.
0: My thing was imagining her rolling a boulder up Shibuya 109.
1: Which is kind of what she is doing, so... I mean it's not wrong.
0: It's just it's just such it's just such but apparently there's a new album coming later this year. We just have to see. So we will be talking about her more. Um before we go into favorites, we are going to go into Hannah's Hell Hole. See the illiter-
1: Yeah. Well, we already previewed part of it because of the anime announcements from AX which are always 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 a pleasant surprise right um especially this year since you know solo leveling was a thing mdzs was really big and everybody was really happy about that and in addition like i said before it seems like for weebs the big the big market to conquer is now Japan so V Shoujo actually announced several very very big debuts and one of those debuts was none other than Kason who is probably better known as Coco or the person who used to be Coco the person behind Coco and she actually brought along with her a new VTuber named Nazuna, which everyone recognized as Ushio Rushia, the moment she spoke. Which I found, I was like, how'd you guys get that from one line? But, you know, never underestimate the abilities of Weebs, I guess. So yeah, it's been an exciting, exciting month if you're into VTubers. Who knows what the future will bring? I don't really know how I feel about like V Shoujo's first two Japanese acts being like literally the number one and two uh the number one and two of the VTuber world. Basically kind of sending a signal that like unless you have more than three million dollars in donations, don't bother applying for it. Um, But then again, I guess that's always been their brand, that they're able to recruit that kind of talent. So, who knows? All the best luck to them. And that is it for Hannah's Hellhole, because I got to talk about solo leveling before. Yay!
0: So, we are going to go into favorites. So, um, Hannah, continue. What are your favorites?
1: Okay, so... Night Tempo is clearly a show fave. And we all know this. So in lieu of talking about my favorite album, I'm actually going to talk about how I was able to watch Fuji Rock, which was super pleasant. Uh, This was my first time watching the three channels, the three YouTube channels that they have. And not only was I able to catch a number of acts, which was really, really nice. It was my first time really watching it in full. But I was able to actually see Night Tempo's entire set. And it was great because, like, he had Bonnie Pink on. He had one of the Philosophy No Dance people on it. And I was just like, wow. Like, I really hope the way that he's pushing that 90s, that blend of city pop mixed with 90s sound. Should we okay? Yeah. I really, really hope it becomes the next big thing because I can't understand for the life of me why it's not more popular
0: <laughs> the thing is though is that in our year end episode patrick who does pr for um night tempo he said that the next that night tempo sees the next big wave being shibuya K, which and is,
1: i hope he's right
0: which is going to be a bit problematic considering that the face of shibuya K is a man whose face nobody wants to see.
1: Well, not anymore. He's back.
0: Cornelius is back, yes. But, um, continuing with Night Tempo, something very interesting happened um, with Night Tempo in this month of July. So he produced a song for. Um, he produced the song for Suzuki Anju. Uh, Suzuki Anju got her start in the entertainment industry um, as Kako. So at the age of seventeen, she was spotted by CBS Records scout when she was commuting to school. After that, she was sent to the UK to pursue a singing career. Her first single. We Should Be Dancing, which was produced by Stock Aitken Aikman, Aikman Waterman, who were the biggest producers in the UK at the time. So like, kind of just like Kylie, Jason Donovan, like that whole, like, 80, late 80s UK sound. Actually, like the mid 80s, mid to late 80s, early 90s, that whole sound of the UK, the, the, the kind of like high energy pop sound. That was their creation. So CBS Records sent this Japanese girl they found to the UK to make music. And she released her first single, We Should Be Dancing, and it peaked at number 101 in the UK. So, For re- a
1: Japanese woman in the 80s, that's actually not terrible.
0: She released a second single, What Kind of Fool, which I think is a Kylie cover. Um, that did not chart. So she returned to Japan in 1991 and she became an actress and she was on many different, she's been in many different dramas, TV shows, uh, commercials. And she actually hosted Music Fair from 1985 to 2016. So on July 8th, she released her first single in 32 years, which was a recording, a re-recording of We Should Be Dancing with the comedian Fuji Takahashi and night tempo was amazing and night tempo produced it and i was just like what a nice full circle moment because for those who do not know ronald discovered j-pop on a kai minogue forum so i'm very familiar with with um saw stock aikman waterman productions because like the Kylie fans were like, oh my God, this music is amazing. And they were just like, I just remember, I very much remember when we had our J-pop form at the time on there, like people being just like, do you guys like Kako? It was like a bunch of like middle-aged British men. They were just like, do you guys like Kako? And they would always post, we should be dancing. And I'm like, you know what? I don't hate this song, but I don't know this song because it's like, the song's in English. And I actually like the original song and I like the new version too. But the thing is, though, is that I was watching performances of the show from the UK when it was released in 1990. And I was telling Hannah this, um, as far as like Asian entertainers promoting in the U.S., nothing has changed in like 30 plus years.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Because I remember showing Hannah the Shonen Tai video that I talked about earlier in this episode when they were on the Merv Griffith show in the U.S., and that was in 1984 and then we have kako in 1990 and it's like the same exact interview it's kind of just like oh you speak english oh your english is so good when you can make it speak english and then when they can't speak english it's kind of just like oh oh like oh what did you say huh, huh, huh. and it's kind of like the same thing i see now in 2022 with like k-pop acts
1: yeah you were actually telling me about this
0: and the Kako interview is just like very like i sent it to m glitch who's a friend of the show he was on we talked about him a second ago and he was on the um fishbowl wives episode that was with him um and he was just like this is like really awkward and they ask her just like, well, how do you speak English so well? And she's like, well, I went to an American school from the time I was 12 to 17. So I learned English there and all of our lessons were in English. And I was like, what's your favorite food? And she's like, chicken nuggets. And they were like, your favorite food isn't that stuff you guys eat over there, that raw fish. Sushi? Yeah, sushi. Oh, I eat sushi, but not like every day. I mean, I love sushi, but it's not like my favorite food. And then it was just like, can you teach us some Japanese? And she's like, yeah, sure. Um, how about um, something simple like, konnichiwa, kenki desu ka? And they were just like, she, and she was like, that means, hi, how are you? And then so the host, this like white British woman, she's like, let me try it now. And she's just like, she's like, konnichiwa, kenki desu ka? <laughs> And then everyone and just laughs. Was
1: definitely deliberate.
0: Yes. And everyone just laughs. And then there's, like, some, like, white male artist who's, like, there. And he was just, like... And they, they were just, like, yo, big in Japan, right? Talking to, like, the white guy. And he's, like, yeah, I'm popular there. I sold some records there. And then, like... And then, like, he, like, hugs Kako. And she looks, like, uncomfortable. It kind of, like, laughs it off. It's just... It's just very... It's very odd to look at that now, but it's not because it's the same thing that happens today with Asian artists when they come to the West.
1: Mm-hmm. Watch any K-pop artists on, which is actually why uh, I kind of laugh about it, but the first BTS performance um, on like on American television on NBC was almost like an F-U to this because the... So, if you know anything about K-pop, you'll notice that a lot of songs, just like Japanese pop, tends to have English lyrics in their... like, in the song and for whatever reason, they chose one of the very, very few BTS songs that is completely without... A single lick of English. I think it has one non-Korean word. And it's literally. Onpan man. Mm. And I was like. You guys had to have known. When you were choosing this. What you were saying. Like to NBC. Which was like fuck you.
0: (laughs) But yeah. And, like, this, again, once again, this goes back to something I've said before, is that going back to the whole, like, XG thing, um, because sometimes a lot of people over the years have been like, well, Japan never tried. Japan never tried. It was like, Japan actually did try. They were just 30 years too early.
1: They were 30 years too early, and they were also focusing on the wrong things, right? There was a right time for them to strike. But I think the trauma of trying in the 80s and the sheer amount of racism that they faced really scared them off from trying harder in the 2000s.
0: Because, like, there was Pink Lady in, like, 1980 who are blamed for killing. They were blamed for killing off the variety show in the U.S., um, because they had their own variety show on NBC and it flopped and they were blamed for killing off variety TV in the U.S. Um, Seiko Matsuda tried like in the late 80s with Donnie Wahlberg from New Kids on the Block. Right combination. That didn't work. Um,
1: the songs are great. You should go listen to them if you haven't.
0: Shonen Tai appeared. Like everyone's like Johnny's doesn't do anything internationally. They were on like American TV in like 1984. Um Kako is just, like, another example right there. Like, the closest we get to, like, something actually being significant in the 80s was Yellow Magic Orchestra. hmm it, it literally is, like, you win an Oscar or nothing.
1: So... I mean, as much as Ronald likes to disagree, Extra Pam was also big, but they were met with an epic ton of racism. So that was was not particularly pleasant.
0: So going into more of my favorites for the month, um, my favorite album of the month, Perfume's Plasma. This is the album that everyone has been waiting for, for Perfume for years, for years. Like I i went into this i went into this album with no expectations i thought it was gonna be just like you know like another like mediocre perfume album but covid really did do nakata good because this is it's not as good as candy racer last year's carrie plumbing plumbing album but it's pretty damn close i really enjoy it like the album opens with plasma And Plasma is the intro song. And you know what Plasma reminds me of? It reminds me of, once again, it reminds me of, like, the 80s. Because for those who do not watch, like, the, like, post-apocalyptic 80s sci-fi movies, like Robocop, which I personally love that genre of movies, um... Well, like robocop like blade runner they have one central theme which is oh the world's going to be taken over by japan because like we are suffering here in the u.s we are in decline and japan is like on the verge of taking over our our spot as the number one economic power in the world so let's all prepare and let's make all these movies of us just like, kind of like being, you know, like a bit fearful of our Japanese overlords and plasma sounds like the opening track of plasma. sounds like it could fit into one of those movies spinning world, which is the promo single for this. It's great. It's like fun. It's something I haven't felt from perfume in a while. And the follow, the song after that, Mawaru Kagami, that, like, hearing this version of it on the album, like, it made me like the song so much more. It's very, like, typical Nakata, but, like, the good stuff, not, like, the shitty stuff. And I even ended up liking Flow once I heard it in, like, the the... Context of the album, I end up liking it even more. So yeah, I really like the perfume album. It's one of my favorites of the year. um And then, um I couldn't leave this month without bringing up the new Snowman single, "Orange Kiss." I talked about "Orange Kiss" a bit earlier. I like "Orange Kiss." "Orange Kiss" is nice, but. Orange Kiss is not the star of the single. The star of the single, the real star of the single, is Feel the Light. Lovely. Um, I was very curious to hear this song when the single was announced because it was like Snowman's like R and B song, and I was like, Ooh, I want to hear this. And I heard it, and I was like, Oh. I- I love this. It gives me almost like the same kind of feel as the Diamond J. Brothers tonight from last year. Which I was really, an
1: unexpected LDH surprise for Ronald Picks.
0: Yeah, for actually, LDH,
1: unaware.
0: LDH got two picks at the end of the year last year for me, which was like, of all the stuff I say about them, they actually got two picks last year. And Which um, is pretty amazing. <laughs> but, um, oh, I forgot to include this in Johnny's corner, but there was like something that happened. in, um, but it's related to like, um, the current topic of snowman, because one of my favorite Johnnies from the olden days is Tahara Toshihiko. So um they included one of his songs in the Johnny's in the Johnny's Medley at The Music Day this year. And the song is Dakashimite Tonight. And I love this song. And one of the things about Toshi was that he was known for his dancing. And the song opens. The cor- opening choreography includes like a very high kick, and Hikaru did the kick. I was very so, excited by that. Like,
1: new fave covers old faves, iconic moves,
0: basically. Yes, and like the kick was so high, it was literally like a um a um vertical split
1: good for him although i am gonna say it's so funny that you used to be like a johnny's auntie because you're probably like one of three people in the west that still remembers these acts
0: um i do not say that but the thing is though is that um why was i a johnny's auntie i was a johnny's auntie and for those who do those who like try to say oh ronald is like a johnny's auntie like i have discussed this with johnny's and i said it before but um there were johnny's acts i liked before i came out as a snow as a um as a johnny's fan like I Why think do you make
1: it sound like you were oppressed for being a Johnny's Andy?
0: Um, I was. Like, the thing is, those people think I'm, like, doing... Some people literally have said, oh, he's doing this for clout. And I'm like, no. What
1: clout? Guys, guys, seriously, what clout? <laughs> if anything, covering idols is kind of a double-edged sword because you get a lot of people reading, but you also get a lot of haters
0: um. So the thing is, though, is that I've always like made my love of Shonen Tai known, also of to, of Toshi, because like those were like all around entertainers within the company. But in the '80s, and also like there's nothing people talking about them like in 2012. Like everyone's just talking about like Arashi and like Catune, and I'm just like ooh the complacent period ooh. But then, once when you get to like some of hey Stay Jump's better songs, and you get to King and Prince's better songs, and then really, when you get to Snowman, it's when like Ronald can like be on board again. But the um, the Johnny's medley. Um, the Johnny's Metley this year at the Music Day was very nice because we got a we got a lot of good songs. We got a Shonen Tai song, we got Kamen Boltukai which included my favorite King and Prince member Kaito.
1: Mhm. So again, new fave covering old fave.
0: So it was basically like all older people because we got Tahara Toshihiko, we got Kondo Masuhiko, we got Shonen Tai, we got Hikaru Hikaru Genji, we got Otoko Gumi, SMAP in Tokyo and V6 and Kinky Kids and Arashi and Takim Tsubasa and uh, Sujito Akira which was nice because it was like the two wrens. Mick you're Moodle just Wren.
1: happy because they are... They are
0: your new favorites. And you're just like... Oh.
1: New favorites.
0: No, because no. the thing is, is I like it when the company actually acknowledges like the very old acts because I think those are some of their best acts.
1: This hater... This hater, this hater.
0: On that note, Hannah, do you have any final words for the month?
1: It's just a very interesting time to be a fan of of Japanese entertainment, both because of like how it's changing, and just like the things that are going on in Japan. I feel like are just like really interesting so definitely stay on board but also wait until the next episode where i get to talk about my fun 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 days just chasing after vtubers and waiting in line for 20 hours
0: um but it reminds me speaking of like things that are changing i'm thinking of like that video i saw on tiktok the other day that someone posted on twitter where they're just like japanese music and like. People are still literally posting, like, AKB48 has a, AKB 48 has 116 members, and Arashi, they did. Th- and I'm just like, oh, and then, like, you get Sakai Noawari's habit. And I'm like, okay, so we have, I think like...
1: that's a little bit updated.
0: At least that's something new. But um, you know what just popped in my head, speaking of the drug thing earlier with Koki? What? Something else that came out last month that video of Hinata Zaka 46 being anti-marijuana. Oh yeah. Or it's just like, I heard it does great things for your beauty. And they're just like, no, it's legal overseas. And so people are doing it and I've been asked to do it. Don't do it. And it's, it's like literally funny
1: like, because they didn't, they didn't realize that like, it was in conjunction with their like, Tokyo Metropolitan Police, like, PSA thing. So it was very taken out of context, which was, like, very sad. Oh, really? Yeah. And I don't know. But we can talk about that in the next episode.
0: The drug thing?
1: Yeah, because that was that was August, right?
0: I think it was this month. In July? Well, we've already talked about it. So that's that. Yep. Okay. On that note, good night.
1: Good night.